thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. I mean, we lost 19 of our best guys. Yeah. Welcome to the Brewview Podcast. Yeah. You are Brad. I am. Andrew? That's me. I knew it. How's it? Oh, How's it's going it? great. It's just another great uh, another great week on the podcast. Uh, critics are saying can't be stopped. Um, come wind, rain, fever, chills. Yes. Yes. You got a case of the sniffles? Yeah. And the Mondays, let me tell you. Mm. Not really. No. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not feeling great, but I don't care uh, because uh, I'm here to talk some some uh, movies with you. And I've got a good beer cracked. and uh, So I'm well, ready good. to go. Well, I'm glad you're, uh, what do you, you know, yeah, uh, so- soldiering through. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to make it. I'm going to find a way to podcast this week. Yeah. So, sacrifices will be made. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you're probably having a, a beer. I am. Um, what, are you a I guy try. or something? It's hard. It's actually hard to pronounce. And like I'm, I, I can't say that I've been really looking and see how it's pronounced, but it is my last beer from Master's Head. Um, it is from... Uh, well, it's it's in the it's in the realm of the uh, new orange peel. Uh, his uh, his 
his naming of beers. It's a Belgian st- strong dark hmm. from F- Fram Family Brewers, P F R I E M Family Brewers. Um, it's a Belgian dark ale, strong dark ale. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Regardless, if you really want to know what it is, go on Untapped and you can find it. Oh, yeah. And check it out. But this is a, uh, it tastes like a triple, uh, finishes like a triple. Uh, it's 10.25 ABV with 38 IBU. Mm. This is a good beer. It's really good. I gave it a four on a tap. Nice. Um, it's got all the greats of a triple of a Belgian uh, with a little bit of a stout, like right at the end, um, which is nice because sometimes you get the. Uh, here comes my dog to come see me. Heck and hi, yeah. honey. We've been winding at the top of the steps. Okay. No. My dog's come to visit me. I like that. I like his commitment. Yes. He's he's all in for the podcast. But anyways, this um yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good Belgian style. Uh and you can you know, um Belgians are notoriously or famously uh, you know, heavy in the ABV, yeah, uh, which actually gives it a very strong taste for the most part, and they're distinct. Whenever you have a Belgian, you know you're having a Belgian. Uh, of what, what makes them um, different from each other is the the little notes, right? And this one has a little bit of that uh, stout finish to it, mm. I would say. Uh, so this is a really good beer, and thank you, Master Zed, for all you do. Um, this looks like a hipster beer for me. It's like kind of a gold leafed. Um, I don't know if you can see. Yeah. I know you can probably see it on a tap, but um, it's like a gold leaf style uh, label. Yeah. Uh, no funny, quirky uh, things to do on it. But uh, oh, well, here we go. On the back, it says, You don't have to speak Flemish to appreciate the bold, complex notes uh, of fig dipped in dark cho- chocolate, ripe fruit. And toffee in the Freem Belgian <laughs> style dark ale. Nice. Either way, Opt u Gesundheit, which is, I don't know if I said something very, How very wrong you? in German. How dare Or Belgian. You? But, anyways, very good beer. Uh, if you can, check it out. It's, it's, a, it's an Oregon beer, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hood River, Oregon. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, Master Zed, if you haven't had this one, please check it out. And again, I can't thank you enough. You and um, uh, you and Fredo both have sent, and obviously Andrew as well, have sent me a ton of beers without me sending one beer back in return. But I swear to God, before I, before I leave this mortal coil, <laughs> you will be getting some kind of beer from central Pennsylvania. Oh, hell yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, that sounds like a, a good, well, strong's in the name, but yeah, good, strong beer. Nothing like a good, because uh, those Belgians, um, the strongs, the triples, the quads. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and you know what I like about going. it too is that like you can't crush it. You know, you have yeah. to sip it. Yeah. Especially right now, I'm like fighting a little bit of heartburn. Mm-hmm. So like, it, that adds on top of it, so I can't like take a big old slug of it. Uh, and it's a nice sipping beer, or yeah, it's a nice sipping beer. I should have it in a nice little snifter or a tulip oh, style yeah. glass. 
Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. Nice. Good. Awesome. I am. Uh, I'm also enjoying uh, having a beer that I'm really enjoying uh, from Gnarly Barley out in Hammond, Louisiana. Um, a peanut butter Corova milk porter. So it's a chocolatey Baltic oatmeal milk porter with a smooth peanut butter finish. And um, for all the kind of buzzwords they throw in there, it is incredibly accurate. Like it just, it starts chocolatey, like a good oatmeal stout, and then just this rich, creamy peanut butter flavor to finish. And um, it's, it's fantastic, but it's definitely the type of beer, like uh, it comes in a four pack, Right. Uh, that four pack will last you at least four nights. Like I, I it's great, but it's, it's a heavy. it's a one a night kind of beer. It's just it's not even that it's too heavy. It's just so rich. Yeah, it's like taking a bite out of something. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a good like dessert beer, and it just it smells like um, like peanut butter. <clears throat> I tell you what, um, Mr. Ryan would probably like that. Oh yeah. He's big on that. Uh, he loves the sweet baby Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he probably would. Those would probably be right up his alley because it's pretty darn similar. Uh, but gnarly barley is their logo is a skateboard wheel. So <laughs> little little better than Duclaw. Sorry, and that's <laughs> and that's how I base all my decisions. Yep, based on <laughs> how close can you get to skate culture? Yeah. But they're um, so I was looking at their website earlier, and their their about page just says uh, "ripping and repping since 2011." So they they're great. I love them now. I liked uh, I had the Juicifer from them, which was like a huge hit down here this summer. It was like one of the most sought after beers, and um, and that was really good. Uh, I think I like this better. I gave it four two five on Untapped. Nice. Um, so they're making nice good night. beers. Plus, they're ripping and repping. Can't can't be stopped. Good deal. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it very much. So, um, anything else in in the beer world for you? Not really, man. No. I've been. Um, yeah, it's been a slow time for me as far as trying to get out and get new beers. Uh, one thing I think we will be doing this next weekend is going to a Renaissance fair for my with my son. Oh, it's mead time. Um, yeah, so I hope to get some of that, mm-hmm. see what happens there. Nice. Uh, get some mead. Uh, I've only I've been to two Renaissance fairs in my whole life. One was out in Colorado when I was visiting my cousin out there at the – Air Force Academy, and mm-hmm. then uh, the one that was as closest to us, which was probably 45 minutes away. And for some reason, I just, I when I go to those places, I am happy because, like, the people that, that are there are just loving what they do. Yeah, and, like, it's nice to, and like... And are unashamed to do it. Yeah, it's like, uh, I think Amy Poehler said, like, when you're doing something that makes you happy, you never look stupid, which, but, well, I don't know yeah. if it's unequivocally true but like when you go to something where there's a gathering of people who are passionate you, and excited about their stupid. hobby yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels stupid. Yeah. so i'll be the judge of that as far as looking mm-hmm. stupid next week so i'll uh, get back to you as far as <laughs> hey so i just want to let you know you look stupid but have fun i actually still have i mean and this is probably 12 to 15 years ago i have a um a leather tankard 
Nice. So like, I think the I surrounding the, the surrounding part is leather. Uh-huh. The bottom is wood. It's it's put together with nails and it's covered with beeswax and it still works. I still drink out of it yeah, from time to time. I think so. I've seen it. Oh yeah, I think I did do that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yep. Tankard talk. Tankard talk. Anyways, if you want to hear what we're talking about or drinking about or all that stuff, we are on un- on Untapped and Mr. Dave uh, close to my, close to your heart and close to my home, yes. is uh, having a, a a dubious pursuit from Rare Barrel. It's mm-hmm. a sour ale. It's also mm-hmm. also having a uh, Scuba Steve from Black Bottle Brewery. <laughs> Damn you, which Scuba I Steve! I love the name of that. Uh, also, a last last unicorn. See that? See Neil? This is you need to take some notes. This is what's called American craft beer culture. Yes, this is what you call. <laughs> <coughs> this is how you sell beers, even if they're not that good. Yeah. Uh, dummies who are uh, like, got to try it. <laughs> uh, my buddy Brant is having a skadoosh from The Alchemist. Nice. Um, who else is having Tyler. The creator? From Selzing? Yes. Oh, yes. The Wisconsin guy. The mystery man. Are you listening, Tyler? Reach out to us, please. Yes, do so. And while you're drinking your golden pheasant from Heineken Silvisco, hmm. it's a Chelsner or a Chelsner, a Czech Pilsner. So I, I can bind those two words. I see what. Uh, yeah, I like it. Oh, what? What? Oh. What's up? Um, uh, Master Zed's having a having a robust porter mm. from Ruben Brews. Nothing wrong with. Little robust porter. Oh, you know what? That might be. Uh, could that be a, a, a someone's? You know what? I think that's uh, somebody's homebrew. Maybe. Ooh. Anyways. But yeah, uh, check it out. Oh, but well, Mister Orange Peel is having a double hop monster IPA from Green King Brewing. Nice. So. So, uh, and JK's having a rainbow dome. Hey, JK. I'll be uh, seeing him in a matter of days. Give him a high five for his his wedding. I will. I will. I think um, last I heard, and I'm sure I'll hear if if I'm wrong, but last I heard one of the the local uh, beer enthusiasts, uh, he he used to work at the, um, shoot, what is it called? The... Uh, Beach Liquors, a liquor store, they they would do Friday beer tastings. The guy is, um, he knows his beer. And then he actually ended up working at uh, Props, which was the uh, local brewery. And uh, last I heard, he was making a uh, special beer for their wedding. So Nice. So, yeah. Um, That's really cool. That is the last I heard. Things, things change. Um, so if it's a sore subject and he's listening... Oops. Oops. <laughs> my bad. That's my That's bad. cool, though. That's yeah. cool. We'll have fun next weekend down Thank there you. in yeah. the, the handle. Yes. I will. I, I'm leaving Friday night. So Yes. And as you said, you've, you've got your October planned out for yeah. you. From the tub to the pan. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yes. Let's... <sighs> I am really looking forward to uh, 
maybe not looking forward to because I, I checked the IMDb and it, it's not promising, but I'm very curious about this movie I assigned you. Yeah, movie. let's get this one out of the way okay. because sounds, we, I want to get to the good stuff. Sorry about all so, that. Sounds unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is unfortunate. But uh, you assigned me a movie last week. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I walk around telling my wife. <laughs> and I also watched a movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So this is streaming on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. Um, and <clears throat> so what this movie is, is a... Uh, how to, Okay, so it's directed by um, Oz Perkins as Osgood Perkins, writer mm-hmm. Oz Perkins as well, starring Ruth Wilson. And you would know her from such movies as... She was, uh, I think, the she was the voice of Tom Hardy's mistress in Locke. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in The Lone Ranger and Saving Mr. Banks and The Affair. Um, and it's basically her. Um, her and Bob Balaban. And you would know him from such movies as... Uh, what would be his best known role? Hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, so, anyways, this movie is a ghost story. It's a haunted yeah, house man. story. It is a American Gothic story. I think I read I read a couple of reviews that uh, this that uh, this would be considered American Gothic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, scary tales um, and the sense of uh, I maybe alone, uh, like American Gothic would kind of be uh, being on your own, being scared, being in this big new world, mm-hmm. and um, so we get a little a sense. This, like I said, it's a ghost story. Mm-hmm. A lot of commentary, a lot of uh, artful shots. It reminded me a little bit, not much, but a little bit of Neon Demon with the way. Um, things were shot. Uh, a lot of I mean, everything takes place inside a house. There's mm-hmm. a couple exterior shots of this house, but everything is contained inside this house. And basically, there's three and a half characters in this whole thing. Um, and it is a it's very slow and very mm-hmm. plodding in for me like at the end like not really rewarding um but i can see that it could have a little bit of um people could appreciate this now i appreciate the cinematography for it because there was a lot of beautiful beautifully framed shots um uh, with this old old house and the characters inside it, okay. and there's some nice architecture within the house and some great like pictures of you know I'm a Finnish carpenter so I appreciate like old trim and and things people did like back at the turn well turn of the other century, mm-hmm. um, you know what people could do with their hands and like you see, hear people building like houses by their by themselves and like how did you do that with the rudimentary tools that you have. Hmm. Um, 
and like they framed a lot of shots well they they took advantage of that what this house gave them and uh and really maximized that aspect of it but the story itself was really lacking and i think it was meant to be that way Mm. um i think i i really do think it was meant to be like very uh uh sparse on plot very sparse on um content and i'm sorry my dog is chewing on a bone i know no, it's a weird sound in the background but um sparse on content sparse on um uh the uh, character development and character just character really uh but it was just it was a frame it was just okay so remember the, watching the witch we watched yes. the witch right and like there was some scary moments and some weird stuff. That's the tone ish that it was. It was like very slow plotting moments and a little bit of a jump scare and then slow plotting. It just a, a sense of dread and the sense of um, just uh, an uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was similar to that, but compared to the witch, the witch was like a roller coaster ride compared to this yeah. movie. <laughs> That's that's scary um, to think about. Yeah, that's scary in, in itself. You're right. Um, and so, like, I would I would recommend this movie for you in particular, Andrew. But I yeah, I'm pretty interested still. Uh, I think the framing of this movie. This is like someone took a lot of care and effort into making this movie. Okay. And um, it was framed really well at parts, and but I think it got derailed a lot with some of the. Um, uh, some of the um, the narration in the movie there, like there's a, a narrator. There's a couple different narrators in the movie, and it it loses itself because it gets a little wordy. And at times, I was just like checked out. I was like, uh, uh oh. And then I have to check back in, rewind a right, little bit, and yeah. say, what well, what did they, what did you say? Um, it's just. It takes a special. I wouldn't recommend this movie for a lot of people. I gave it a four mm-hmm. uh, for the style stylization of this because it was there was a lot of care taken into this. Yeah, I, I probably actually probably should bump it up to a five, but it's um, you got to do what feels right. Yeah, I, I because this isn't like this is not a movie I would never go back and revisit. But I don't think I'll remember. Mm-hmm. I will remember this movie. It, it really reminded me of The Witch, but it made made me appreciate The Witch that much more. Well, that's good because I think it, that movie is actually a pretty damn good movie. Yeah, like looking I, back on it, it's one I definitely think that um, my first pass was. Uh, I didn't get everything the movie had to offer because mm-hmm. I felt like I was sold a different movie. And um, sometimes you just never really adjust to that. Um, tone. To, to the tone based versus your ex, uh, expectations versus reality type thing. Mm-hmm. And um, like what I still found a lot to appreciate in there. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to revisit it. Um, so this kind of sounds like to me, uh, Guillermo del Toro's movie *Crimson Peak*. Yes, uh, that movie I really did not enjoy. That movie, um, I won't say it was terrible, um, but it, it was a lot of it was a lot of the same. Like technically, it was well crafted, but it was just I was in the theater and I was just 
kind of just nodding off, checking out, and and it's a very like gothic love story. Um, but that, that felt more style over substance. Yeah, and the style didn't really grab, um, like sink its hooks in me either. Uh, it just, yeah, just kind of plotted along. Right. Well, this this one is a. I mean, this like it goes along at a snail's pace. It is mm. very very slow. Like I actually got kind of hints of of it follows a little bit in this because okay. it it is a timeless type of movie like it's it's a little ambigu- amb- ambiguous mm-hmm. as to time frame um it does a little cheat at the end which kind of I wasn't really happy with but um you I mean yeah it's very slow and yeah. it's like it's almost painfully slow at times mm. uh to get to the payoff and it uh, it doesn't really i just i feel bad because the guy whoever this oz ozzy guy or mm. osman was uh put a ton of effort into this and yeah. like this is his like i i he set it felt like he set up every shot with a purpose mm-hmm. you know what i mean it, there was no wasted shot he every 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 um every setup had a meaning um That's and good. there was some some neat uh, neat shots within it and i think you would whenever you watched it you you would appreciate it you you'd pick out probably more than i did yeah, I think I'm still I'm still gonna give it a try, but I'm definitely like you're right there with the general consensus. Um, not a lot of reviews on IMDb, but it's trending at like a four point two or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, you're right on the money as far as oh, the, yeah. the general yep. consensus of it. So, um, yeah, I I had pretty high hopes for this one. I thought the trailer was cut really well. Um, but I definitely could see, like, especially if it is going for that gothic gay aesthetic. Gothic doesn't have to mean boring. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. From the plotting to the the frenetic, fast-paced world of the friendly super or friendly, friendly neighborhood. Uh, Spider-Man. Neighborhood. Spider-Man. 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 He does whatever a spider can. Uh, so, uh, from 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming is the story of uh, Peter Parker, who returns home, thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, um, where he uh, returns home to his Aunt May. Um, but he is under the watchful eye of his new mentor, Tony Stark, and he tries to fall back into his normal daily routine, but he's distracted by thoughts of proving himself to be more than just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But when the vulture emerges as a new villain, everything that Peter holds most important will be threatened. Hmm. Bum, okay, bum, before bum. we get too far, I hyped this movie last week, and I hyped this movie on Span of Boy this week. Yeah, you went hard. You went I hard. went hard. I I have to know. Um, Actually, well, oh yeah, yeah, I want to know. Do you, uh, it's the second best Spider-Man movie I've seen. Ah, oh, goddammit! Look. Is it? It's so much better than Spider-Man 2. No, it's so not. Much. It's absolutely it not. Because there's... No, because Spider-Man 2 has a 
Spider-Man 2 does not have maybe um, the uh, technology. It doesn't... Well, neither of them had a really... Not... To say they're not noteworthy isn't really fair. Like, they're just not the Green Goblin. Um, it was nice to see a Spider-Man movie the Green Goblin wasn't in, honestly, after yep. being subjected to, like, the... the uh, Power All Ranger suit and the I didn't even watch them, but just seeing Dane DeHaan in his stupid like I don't know what that was like Gremlin Man suit, but um so where this technically excels over Spider Man Two, the reason that Spider Man Two is so great is it has such a good handle on conflicts and it it can be very campy at points and it's very um very Sam Raimi. But the just kind of uh, – and they kind of – they hit on this too pretty well with Vulture. But just, you know, um, Peter – A real being, villain. Yeah, a real villain. And Peter being torn um, in Spider-Man 2, Peter being torn in all these different directions and all these different um, very grounded conflicts in a, in a very – ridiculous universe um and i think that while spider-man 2 is a great movie it's only great because uh it's standing on the shoulders of spider-man so i think while spider-man homecoming is a really good movie i'm very curious to see what's next i think this is a great foundation um but i think spider-man 2 uh the advantage of spider-man 2 is that it's it had a solid predecessor and it um it didn't have to rely on any sort of world building uh and anyways let's really shift focus yep, here yep, yep, to yep, homecoming yep. sorry i didn't mean to no no it's okay it's okay it's down. okay um because i knew that was going to be the the question uh so it's directed by john watts who's known for this and a movie called cop car which i haven't seen but i've it's kind of got middling reviews, but I've heard from some people whose opinions I I tend to fall in line with that it's um, it's underappreciated. Well, so, I'm someone we had on this podcast. Really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's written by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, among four others. Um, John Francis Daly, I didn't know this until tonight while I was looking it up, but John Francis Daly... Uh, who I love from the television series Freaks and Geeks, plays Sam Weir. I didn't know that he was uh, writing Marvel movies now. So what a world. Hmm. That just shows you. If you are in a criminally underappreciated TV show that gets canceled, you can bounce back. Yeah. Or if it just flies right underneath your radar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you won't even know. Yeah. Or until it gets brought up on a podcast. Yeah. He's he's the best kind of wealthy. He doesn't have to worry about celebrity. Doesn't have to put his foot in his mouth. I don't know. I don't know if any of that's true. But anyways, um, great performances across the board. Uh, Tom Holland and Michael Keaton doing uh, most of the heavy lifting. Michael Keaton, he he kind of always does this Michael Keaton thing, but it's just so good and and despite his mannerisms that are kind of constant in all of his performances it you're never right. feels like right. you're just watching michael keaton it never yep. feels like oh michael keaton is the vulture it it 
it feels like he is that character, but that character always has the, the Keaton mannerisms. And I love it. And maybe it's because we don't see a lot of Michael Keaton and he's, um, he kind of disappeared for like most of the late nineties and in the two thousands. Um, and still is doing kind of few and far between with his performances, uh, that it just still is so entertaining, but he's fantastic. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is um, one of the things that I really liked about this movie is um, I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is really, despite um, the Iron Man movies kind of trending downward in, as far as quality, not even kind of, um, they are really paying off his character arc and it's really it feels like if you're paying it if you're seeing all the movies it's a very justified and very earned turn absolutely like they like what they've done in the comics with that character mm -hmm. they've paid that character so much uh like it's they've they flushed fleshed out his character so well yeah. and like brought his character arc through all the comics that I've ever read or ever even heard of, mm -hmm. like they've done that on the screen better than any other comic book character. I've, I don't think that's been on the screen, even Batman, like as much as he's yeah. been on the screen, like they've fleshed out his character more than anything. And I think they, and, and it's all attributed to uh, Robert Darren Jr. Yeah. And yeah. his willingness to take it on. Well, and that's just, and it's such a great indicator of sea change too, um, that you know the comics used to sell these movies, and now we're at, we're at a point where these movies are selling comics. Yes. Where if you if you go into your local comic store and you flip through the artwork, um, the characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe bear strong resemblances to the actors that right. portray them. Um, so that's so just kind of interesting. But yeah, really great payoff with him, um, Marissa Tomei. Uh, everyone kind of, kind of made like a big deal about, I guess because she's playing like a younger, we're used to the old kind of like putzing around Aunt May and, um, she's the young, hot Aunt May. It's a uh, hall of fame nudity on mrskin.com. Right. If anyone's wondering, um, I don't know what that but, is. I was just, I mean, to say she's that. older than I am. Right. Yeah. And she's, she's an aunt. So mm -hmm. like, she doesn't need to be 78 years old. And right daughtering right yeah because for because you could be like the like my youngest sister is 10 years younger than me um so like when if i had a kid at 20 <laughs> she she would have been an aunt at age 10 right so she she'd she'd ease into that that uh ease into aunthood um, so yeah, it's, it's plausible, it's absolutely plausible. Um, but I think it's just people were more like, whoa, look at the direction they're going in rather than, cause she didn't really have a ton to do. Like she was good, um, not to take anything away from her, but I just, I heard so much about Marissa Tomei playing Aunt May and. Well, she stuck out instead of just being a set. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, you know, and right. I guess that's a difference. Yeah. No, you've got a good point there for sure. Um, John Favreau back doing, doing his thing, his Happy Hogan. Um, he he had some good quips, and uh, so the, who, um, so Peter, 
This is okay. So this is definitely the best uh, Peter Parker that's been on screen. Say that for sure. Yes, yes, for uh, sure. Um, he and I like that. Like he's he's nerdy, but he's not like the um. Like he's getting, he, he's like, the butt of uh, jokes, but like no one's like pouring milk on him and shoving him in lockers. Right. And he doesn't have his his uh, glasses taped together. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or, he, yeah, he's just he is a part of this other group, right? He's right. the nerd group, the nerd herd. Yeah, um, Tony Revolori <laughs> played the Flash. Um, who uh, I loved him in Dope. It was nice to see him again. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm just kind of looking through because they kind of a weird. The IMDb cast list. Uh, it's kind of it's just in kind of like a weird order. Um yeah. Hannibal Burris <laughs> in in a great little bit role. Um the uh I loved that they really um set this in a world that's already existing. Like I think they did a really good job with this is the first movie that felt like it took place inside the Marvel universe as opposed to it's it, building the foundation of the Marvel universe. Well, it, it actually with, with being like a huge temple movie, mm-hmm. it actually felt like daredevil. It felt like, yes, it was very localized. It was very small. Yes. Um, and, and like it, they said, as far as scope. friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man about 17 times. Yeah. And it felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, <sighs> So I really didn't like the opening. The opening really, the like video blog or the vlog, I guess. I didn't like that at all. Um, I don't like that they are not paying, they're not um, rewarding the people who've put the time in and seen all the other movies. And I understand from a business perspective, it's all about, you know, not everyone saw, I mean, a, shitload of people saw civil war but not everyone saw it and they need to set that up and um catch you up to speed uh because from a business standpoint they they want even the people they didn't catch with civil war they're trying to get you with spider-man but oh uh, no way man i disagree oh, i mean terrible. this kid this kid terrible like opening. that was the biggest thing he's ever done in his life ever and yeah like, why wouldn't he do it terrible opening uh I, because it's not paying off your your longtime viewers I feel like it's disrespectful to your longtime viewers, and I understand why they did it from a business perspective, but it bothered me. I thought it was I thought it was terrible. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I it's, look. Neither of us are going to change each other's mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I just, but I, no, hated it. Um, and that's that's how the movie was introduced to me. So, um, but uh, great acting. Um, there's some scenes that were just really flat for me though. The whole DC monument thing took way too long. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's silly to complain like, well, of course we know everybody's going to get out. So it's, it's stupid to complain about that sort of thing, but it just felt really drawn out for me. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I'm having trouble, so I, I think I watched this. When did I text you? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie, like, there's 
some really great parts to it, but this movie did not, it didn't stick with me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm really surprised. OT um, was this like OT was the same way. And she was like, I enjoyed it, but I just, it was just kind of there. And I was like, I'm glad you said that because I, and I still might be missing something. Um, but, but I just, I did not. And I really don't think that you oversold it. Um, I don't think that your love of it really had any, um, like, I, I don't think that it had the opposite effect. Um, and I'm glad that you really liked it. I liked it. I think that what they do next is going to be, has the potential to be incredible. Now, what what I'm afraid is going to happen is that, yes, he does get in with the Avengers. He does mm-hmm. do that. Now, I know they set it up at, well, spoilers. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. But, like, the way they, they ended it, mm-hmm. like, it made it seem like he was going to continue on as your friendly uh, neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, God damn, the... I just I thought the tone of this thing I think every part of this rang true and rang it just it was refreshing after watching Civil War which was like at points at times just like so see and that's um, where you and I that's kind of where our paths like I loved Civil War and it, it was fine but I'm all you know you I I didn't I wasn't invested in mm-hmm. the I mean you read Civil War right oh I mean it's it's apples and oranges. The the Mark Miller or Millar uh, yeah. comic series is absolute trash. I, like right. to the point where I can't believe they made a movie out of it. But they pretty but much like, just it's it's similar in title alone. Yeah, but so like I look at that movie and the dark tones and like mm-hmm. how how like how honestly politically it political it got. You know, like there like it's a comic book trying to take on like today's you know a comic book movie turn in which you know that's me bitching about something that actually right. i love about comics is they could take on today's yeah subjects and yeah. stuff like that i understand that but it mm-hmm. got so dark and so uh beat up where in this in this well, iteration of i'm i'm in agreement with you this was um totally different it it nailed its tone too for sure absolutely like i think that um like the the only other fun Marvel movies I've seen so far have been Iron Man, which doesn't shouldn't really be considered a Marvel. I mean, it's obviously a Marvel property, but that was kind of a dark horse and a long shot. It was not meant to kick off this whole universe. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was really the only other fun one in well, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a universe. great thing to say because, like, as far like fun, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I'm looking for, right? And comic books I'm are fun. At, yeah, yeah, and and like, and you said, like, Iron Man. Okay, here's how I'm judging this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm ready to show Spider-Man: Homecoming to my son, mm-hmm. who's five years old, mm-hmm. because it's fun. Yes, yeah. there's some bad words, and like, I appreciate they took some chances and. Yeah, like said some bad words and like didn't hold back, right? Yeah, but I would never show him Civil War. Like, why would I show him that? He's not going to enjoy that one bit. Yeah, and I, maybe I'm looking at it from more from a child's eyes or it's, more from my son's yeah. eyes. Yeah, maybe. 
But I, I had a smile on my face this whole movie. Like the whole movie. Even, even the part where Peter Parker finds that somebody may not be who they think they are. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I'm like, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't like it. No, I, I was, like, I was really curious um, how that was all going to figure in together. Um, and it, it, they did a great yeah, they job did. doing it. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's a it's a great dichotomy of um, we're we're treading into into dangerous territory here. But it's well, a we great, don't have it's to. A great we don't dichot- have to. But it's like, well, I think it's a really good like it's something to watch for the, the dichotomy of the, um, you know, don't, don't hurt a hair on my little girl's head. And, um, a very localized, very small scope. And, um, unbelievable villains that feel real. Yeah. 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 I don't, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into any spoilers cause I, I would recommend this movie, but I, um, Hmm. I'm really not going to carry it. I I give it a seven, so it's a good movie. Um, yeah. I, uh, maybe you and I are just looking for different things too. Um, maybe I like. I loved as much as I loved Deadpool, and that was a breath of fresh air. Logan blew me away. Yeah. Um, and I'm still kind of riding high on Logan. <laughs> like I think that movie was that good. Um. And. Uh, yeah, I'm, maybe it's unfair to compare like all these comic book movies because they're all trying to do different things. But and you're, that's that's a great point. Yeah. It really is because yeah. like this one has a totally different tonal. Yeah, uh, there's a real finality to Logan, where this is just this is a. Um, I don't mean it in a demeaning way, uh, but it, this is just kind of a romp through New York City. Yeah, it is, and like I had a smile on my face pretty yeah. much throughout, and which I really appreciate because mm-hmm. like there's points in times like this is a two hour and what thirteen minute movie, yeah. Um, whereas like a movie like Civil War, or a movie like Avengers, the uh, Avengers Two, mm-hmm. you know they're two hours and twenty minutes, whatever they are. Yeah, Civil and, War like, pushed there, two and a half. There's points in times I'm like, okay. Uh, we're 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 putting this in the plot too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a plot device as well. Okay, you know it just it 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 starts to get convoluted. Where yeah. this was like, we went from point A to point B, mm-hmm. with, and you knew the layout of the movie with a little twist or two in the middle. Yeah, and everything, like every, I think every little note was hit. Like as far as that, uh, you know this musical piece every yeah. they hit every note mm-hmm. and for me i gave it a 10 i really? love this movie so much and like i can't wait to sit down and watch it with my son i'll fast forward to a part a couple of the parts of the maybe no, no, i don't even know but like you know through maybe some of the curse words and stuff but mm-hmm. um man i love this movie yeah. so much and like and what what I love the most and what I want everyone to like, if you haven't seen this movie, watch the movie and then stay for there's an end credits, like mm-hmm. end of like, like the hero credits. Yeah. And then there's an end of end of credits, yeah. which pays off so good. I thought it was brilliant and uh, kind of damning at the same time. 
I thought it was, oh, well, I no, thought it was it, great, absolutely. but it might, it, but it based on end. the way, like I felt this movie was just not as good as it should have been. And when he goes, how many more of these? <laughs> it's yeah. kind of how I felt. Yeah. Um, and no, I, and I know you loved right. it and I'm not trying to shit on it. Um, but, and like I said, it's, it's one of three really, it's one of definitely top five Marvel movies. And there's like 15 of them at this point. Top. Yeah. I'm, it, it did. Top it had three that feel also of, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. I mean, it had that same feel, that fun, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, there was some dark parts and stuff and the action parts and all that stuff. But, like, overall, it had a great tone. And yeah. that's what comic movie, book movies should be, unless it's The Dark Knight, of course, which is a, in a different category. You know, don't get too goddamn dark with your comic book movies. All right? Let's have fun. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Unless you have, it like, the Punisher movie. <laughs> Someone called Tom Jane. Yeah, I get, I I'm kind of worn out from the Marvel TV shows right now, uh, but I am looking forward to that Punisher TV show. Yeah, I mean, from what I, little I've seen mm-hmm. of uh, what's his name, uh, Shane, Shane or Shane, Shane. Yeah. yeah, uh, John Bernthal. Yes. Yeah, so. he does a great job. But uh, yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming, not. Uh, not streaming for the public yet. Luckily, we uh, have media passes, and or one of our faithful listeners is too good. Absolutely, to us. a little too good to us, but you know, we we appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. I recommend it. Uh, but they're, um, I think, if they can build on what they started that the follow-up could be it's incredible. it'll be fine but the, here's the problem mm-hmm. like tom holland he's only going to be that look that way for so long yeah it's his it's, his clock's ticking um well i mean there's no way i mean you can't you know you gave homecoming a 10 how where else can you go from there yeah. i i left room to breathe um <laughs> So, God, um, I love this movie, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm so bummed out you didn't love it. Oh, like, but like I no, but I I'm not like super bummed out. Yeah, no, I I still enjoy I enjoyed it for sure. And um, yeah, I knew I knew the Spider Man Two thing was gonna come up, but it, you know, barring that, it it really is. It's one of my favorite movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and um, I would I would definitely sit down and watch it again. Um, I'd fast forward through the first ten minutes though, because those are abysmal i just it it i it just bothers me so much like whenever anything's over explained like i feel like you need to be faithful to your faithfuls to the people who've stuck with you um but from a from a business perspective and from you know the numbers these things do it just makes no sense so it's kind of a a catch-22 where no not even it's a it's a lose You'll lose if you try and cater to me because you're gonna miss out on more casual fans. Um, and you know, I'm I'm not doing you any favors. I didn't even pay to see this movie. So, Ugh. anyways, um, if you were able to catch uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, I guess it probably won't be on Netflix. Um, but if you can like rent it, Redbox, Amazon Prime, definitely do that. It's a good movie. Yeah. For yeah, sure. rent it for sure. Yeah, I, I just um, 
just enjoy yourself. Have a good time. I, I made some popcorn for the first time in a while. I, nice. Yeah. It's a good time. For sure. Uh, I got a dog drinking water. I'm sorry for the uh, hey, ambient noise. That's okay. It uh, it adds a, some depth to the show. Adds some ambience. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's... That's what we uh, that's what we watched last week, but you bet. You know, ever, ever, uh, ever the optimist. We like to look forward. Um, and uh, I yes, have a little movie for you for next week. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, uh, you were the one that uh, pointed it out to me. So I. Um, Why am I acting so surprised then? Oh no! I I just um, this is. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's great, I, I can't take credit for it. <laughs> um, but uh, it is a movie called The Lost City of Z, starring Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, starring Matt. Have you, starring have you Jack ever seen Patton. any um, American Chopper? Oh, uh, the Sam Crow show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? I really can't. Uh, um, Sons of Anarchy. Yes. 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 Yeah. I've watched the. I. Um, the first I actually for sure. dug it. Like the and first then, like two and a half, three seasons. What were, is his name? Actually, the, uh, not too bad. The guy who used to sing for Black Flag. Oh, Henry uh, Rollins. Uh, I yeah. I really liked that storyline. Was good. That storyline was gross. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I you know what? I liked it. Um, it just kind of was one of those things that like tapered it's, off. I think something else like caught my interest. Well, um, I think it. I think it has something to do with like when you know how uh, British television you they'll do like two seasons and they're done. Yeah. Or they'll do a limited run and they're done. And I think there's something to be said for that. Now, you know, um, I agree. And like even, uh, you know, Breaking Bad had a limited run. Like they knew that could that couldn't sustain itself over a long yeah. period of time. And really, it wasn't that long. I mean, it's like 13, 13, 13, you know, and done. Yeah. Um, Plans and finality. Uh, and what happens with like a big hit, then you have to satiate the masses. Yep. And thus. It ruins the product. So, uh, but uh, Charlie Hunnam, this has nothing to do with other than he starred in it. Yeah. Like, uh, I had no interest. Like, I watched um, what was the uh, Del Toro thing he did? Uh, oh, Pacific Rim. Uh, Pacific. Yeah. I, I watched it, and he was. I still have yeah. not seen it, but yeah. it's one of those things that drives me nuts where people are like, if he meant it to be a send-up of B-movies, it's the best movie ever. But if it's genuine, yeah. like... We kind of touched on this. Um, we didn't really touch on it on the show, but we were talking about with uh, George Romero, where he didn't cast the black guy uh, in Night of the Living Dead to make a statement, but it made a statement. Yes. Um, intent... In, intent doesn't really... I'm yeah. not going to say it doesn't it matter, matters, but, but it, perception is more important than intention when yes. it comes to watching movies. So yep. it, did you enjoy the movie? There the you go. Like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I'm, this is more of a no, broad, yeah, like yeah, proverbial. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. people were like, if, if he was joking, it's the best movie ever. But if he was serious, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, same movie, no matter what. Uh, but anyways, uh, he, no, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, like, you can make a statement without, like, making a statement. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, well, that, that's, we briefly touched on, on Romero. Like, he didn't have that intention, but the statement was made because the perception's there. Yeah. In uh, Night yeah. of the Living Dead. So, um, and that's, 
ultimately what's going to be remembered is the the perception, I guess. I don't know. Um, either way, Lost City of Z is streaming on Amazon Prime. And, yep. uh Heard it's better than it should have been. Yeah. So I would like to watch it. Yeah. And you, sir, yeah, that's shall me. be watching a movie streaming on Am- or Netflix right now. Um, uh, based on the, what is it, Neil Gaiman? Yes. A graphic novel called Caroline. Coraline. C-O-R-A-L-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Coraline. Uh, I have no idea what this movie is about, and I actually will try to watch it with my son. So maybe we can get a mm. a, uh, uh, a review from my son. Ask review week. would be nice. I'll, you know, no one in my house will ever, you know, step step to the mic, other than yep. me. God damn it! <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think I think I mean, if I could get my wife and mm-hmm. your. Uh, common law wife Mm -hmm. to uh let's leave matt out of this okay (laughs) no um uh yeah absolutely i i it's just it's got to be sold at the right time i think i think i think a good um a good top five would be movies are significant others think or (laughs) would hate that we like hmm yeah, so it'd oh, be pretty much would, their list. She would have a lot to talk about because she, right. she thinks I'm opinionated, which, <laughs> in my opinion, is bullshit. <laughs> uh, nope, uh, she's a hundred percent correct. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe that would work out. Um, I know that she'll be excited to watch Coraline. Uh, Leica, the the uh, animation studio that, that did this, they've done. Um, Paranorman, which I love. Paranorman. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, that's that's a, the one with the dead dog. Yes, yeah, it's a, a kid who can see ghosts, and then uh, zombies start popping up because of a curse. And uh, oh boy, oh, boy. it hits the fan. No, it's a it's a really enjoyable movie. Um, cool. Well, I hope you like it. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, try I'm looking forward to watch it with you, with me, son. But. Let's say everyone's waiting and on fated breath to see what we think about these movies we've been talking about. What can they what can they uh satiate their time with and like if they just can't wait to see another movie, what can they guarantee to like? Uh I've got a great one that um I don't think I hear enough about. We were talking about Guillermo del Toro earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh from two thousand and six he made a little movie called Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, is, uh, Pan's Labby. Yeah, visually stimulating, to say the least. Um, Disturbing. Yeah, really great visual storytelling. Great um, dinner scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, I th- I think this is really the movie that put him on the map. Um, oh, for sure. Right? I'm trying to, it yeah, to I think so. I think so. Um, but if it's not, it's the one he'll be remembered for. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great movie. Uh, streaming on Amazon Prime. So, I'm Prime heavy this week. Priming it. Uh, for me, in the motif, well, that you started last week by mm-hmm. you know, serving up a little horror story for me, and you've continued with Pan's, Lab, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Uh, I'm going to go with the 1981 movie, American Werewolf in London. Great. And, yeah. 
just um is it michael landis i think or not michael landis damn it michael landis is uh touched by an angel or something like that or you know little house in a prairie um also great also a great yeah um john landis john landis (laughs) yes and i'm sorry my dog is trying to lick all the water out of the bowl hey you when you're thirsty you're thirsty yes i get it he's he's he's, uh drinking he's he's killing good content right now (laughs) anyways uh john landis uh directed american werewolf in london and uh i it's just if you haven't seen this movie and you're a fan of horror movies yeah this is a this is something that you should have on your resume because or in your repertoire as far as being able to talk about horror movies touchstone Um, movie for sure Awesome. It's like it's like a hostile, uh, like this like hostile wouldn't have been made if this movie wasn't made, right? Yeah, I mean the the fear of being uh, in in peril in a strange land and yeah. stranger in a strange land. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure John Landis had a huge influence on uh, Eli Roth. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean the the transformation scene alone is worth. Yeah. Worth the price of admission. Which, if you have Amazon Prime, is, is free. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. So next week, we are going to be talking about The Lost City of Z. That's from uh, this, this here year uh, on Amazon Prime. And Coraline from 2009, and that one's on Netflix. Uh, then we'll be talking in America. Or, um, if you're looking for something to watch in the meantime, An American Werewolf in London is uh, from 1981, and that's streaming on Amazon Prime. And Pan's Labyrinth from 2006 is also streaming on Amazon Prime. So a lot of, a lot of good movies to, uh, to watch while you await our next episode. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, but uh, also, you know, if, if you want to do something other than watch movies, Brad and I both do other podcasts as well. Um, if you mm. go to – yeah. Yeah, they exist. Um, if you go to thesaucelounge.com, you can find me on Matt and Andrew versus Society. Every week we kind of just break down the minutia of our day-to-day lives. And um, even when we have to stretch, we seem to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you do a good job. You stretch it out and do it well. Because, like, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you're like, what are we even going to talk about? Mm-hmm. It, like, an hour later, you're like, oh, we're done. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out every week. Um, we do a, we do that show. And uh, every week on SpanTheVoid.com, Mr. Brad, you do a show as well. Ah, yes, you're right. We do. And, uh, well, you know, like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure... Like people around the world and around the country, well, just everywhere, mm-hmm. are wondering what like four middle-aged white guys talk about when they're alone in their basement. <laughs> that is a really funny sentence. <laughs> I I don't wonder because I listen, and right. uh, let me tell you. And you you shall find out. Yeah, go there, subscribe. And sometimes it's funny. <sighs> Always entertaining though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I think next week I'm going to be on yeah, RT Pursuits. I was going to say. By the way, so uh, if you like any kind of uh, hunting or 
some such. Uh, R2 Pursuits is a hunting and fishing podcast, which yeah. uh, Ryan is a part of, and I occasionally drop in on. So uh, check that out. I know our uh, our buddy Neil is a is a fan. So oh, big fan. Yeah, big fan. Any questions? Direct them to Neil Orange Peel. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have any questions for us, or or uh, just want to say hey, how you doing? Uh, you can go to Twitter at Pod is our. Uh, our profile, uh, or you can email us bruinviewpod at gmail.com and uh, just let us know what's on your mind, movie and beer related, or if you got something else on your mind, you, you know, we have two Dude, oh, pretty whoop, solid heads on our life shoulders. Advice. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah. Um, and have uh, a, any question about carpentry? Yeah, I'd be happy to answer that. And then mm-hmm. Brad will come in and protect you from me. Hmm. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we're, we're just, we're, we're happy to hear from you guys whenever we do hear from you guys. Um, everybody Absolutely. who, uh, wants to know what we're drinking, uh, Bruin View Pod on Untapped. There's a theme here with that, that screen name and, uh, subscribe, rate and comment on iTunes. Um, just any way that you can get in touch with us. We are happy to hear from you. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, please interact. Please yeah. interact now. Before we um, go too much farther, yes, I have. To, I'm going to grab another beer. Okay, it seems seems like a good plan. Okay, all right, beer beat. All right, so uh, this week, did you get a beer? Uh, I did not. I uh, I took a shot oh. of Nyquil. Big big fucking cue. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm living uh, a different kind of high life right now. Yes. Mm. But uh well, all's well that ends apropos, well, I suppose. It's not the it's not the little sick, but it's oh, yeah. the big sick. The big sick. We're here to talk about that. Um uh, from this this here year, two thousand seventeen. Uh and uh it was directed by Michael Showalter. Uh it was written by Emily V. Gordon and Kamel Nanjiani. Uh, Camille Nanjiani, of course, stars in this. And this is the true story of the Pakistan-born comedian and grad student Emily, uh, who fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. But when Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Camille finds himself forced to face her feisty parents. Ooh. His family's Mm. expectations. Oh, my. And his true feelings. Oh. Hmm. (laughs) So, um... This is the uh, true story. If I didn't mention that, Emily V. Gordon is Camille Nanjiani's uh, wife in real life. Spoiler and, uh, alert. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert, they don't get together. She dies. <clears throat> um, that would be interesting. <laughs> like, I've always yeah. had this fantasy of what if things had turned out different? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, it uh, stars Camille Nanjiani as himself. Uh, Zoe Kazan is Emily. Holly Hunter is Beth, Emily's mother. Ray Romano is Terry, Emily's father. Um, Anupam Kerr as Asmat, uh, who is Camille's father. Um, Zenobia Shroff, who is Charmine, his uh, Camille's nagging mother who just wants him to marry a nice Pakistani girl. Is that too much to ask? And his brother, Adil uh, actually, Adil Akhtar, who plays his brother, Naveed. Uh, hmm. And uh, he's a great little uh, 
yeah, comedic relief. I mean, parts. in a yeah. comedy movie, it's great. Yeah, yeah, he's got a couple of great bit parts. <laughs> and uh, hey, wouldn't you know it? The Windy City is the backdrop for this one. Yeah. Um, I thought you might like that. I did. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the the movies that genuinely have that uh, Chicago, not just the backdrop, but also kind of hit the uh, oh the notes. nail the nail the tone of the city, I guess. Which mm-hmm. maybe is a hard thing to say if you haven't like. <clears throat> it's hard to explain. It's just it's very much a part of who I am. I feel like. And, yeah, uh, well, I've it's been nice. There, so I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, what was that billboard that you and Jim were in front of? Because that was the best. Oh, the 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 man juice or yeah, man... it was something like yeah. Uh, it was it was it, it was a uh, a great memory of of a great weekend. So yeah, yes, yeah. Chirac, <clears throat> everybody. Um, so. That's uh, the well. So it's, the summary it's is very basically much... like uh, Camille. He he gets to do his life story. Yeah. Right. Him and Emily get to do a movie, like, in like where life imitates art, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. Like this is like um, for a comedic writer. Mm-hmm. Like I, this is like gold in your hands. Yep. Like or like that falls into your lap not knowing that it's falling into your lap, but like realizing afterwards, Oh, mm-hmm. this would make a great story. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you know any, either two of these two characters, cause these people have been interviewed like about a thousand times. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, be it on the nerdist or just through various, various podcasts. I mean, their story is like well known, but it was so fascinating to see it put on the big screen right mm. and like um when i heard this movie's coming out i was like oh well that's nice mm. and then i've he- i heard the reviews getting good getting good better 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 mm-hmm. and i'm like oh well we better watch this yeah. and um this is a great indie movie yeah right i agree um it's yeah, I feel I feel like we don't have like the the synopsis of the movie just nails it. Like it really is. Um, so Emily goes into a coma, and Kamel has to um, through through circumstances he kind of has to watch over her until her parents get there, and then they um, they kind of go on this this weird little funny sad kind of you know run the gamut journey together Get, getting to know uh <laughs> yeah healing and yeah. um uh, support group type weird structure that yeah. like for no reason whatsoever should they like know each other but now they are intimately um you know together yeah and which, what was weird was the way this story plays out is that um, this is this is Camille's Camille Camille's um, his story? This isn't Emily's story at all, right? Um, and I I, I kind of find that found that interesting because I always imagined those two as a duo, right? And mm-hmm. I know I know he has his own stand up, you know, material and all that stuff. He's he's a, he's a comedian in his own right, yeah. But 
this is their story mm-hmm. and this movie is his story this isn't her story at all right um i mean a lot of it uh probably has to do with the coma but right uh, and <laughs> no no i i know what you mean completely but from her point of view mm-hmm. like it's really not told from her point of view like the empathy is all on him now he does some shitty things for sure yeah but like the empathy is on his side like you're you're he's the protagonist in this movie Absolutely. and at times she's the antagonist you know what i mean um mm-hmm. or the big sick is but yeah uh i, I just found that interesting because i thought i when i first thought i was going to be watching this movie i thought it was going to be like this you know um two story um like kind of the melding of those two stories but like it pretty much is his story Mm. which in in and of itself is pretty fascinating yeah it um it's funny that you bring that up too because it's very um it's not a very traditional um, romantic comedy, but it definitely is a romantic comedy at at its core. And a lot of times, the male is not the point of view character. Yeah, yep, yeah. Where it, I mean, occasionally it is like for a moment or two, but then mm-hmm. it always switches back to, you know, the female, yeah. the female part. Yes, but. Uh, uh, this is a sweet, nice, um, actually raw at times mm-hmm. story. Um, it's I I don't I don't think we could do this movie justice by talking about it. I think this no, this is one of those so. movies that you need to experience because of the emotional tugs that it has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it definitely is something that needs to be experienced. Just, uh, you're right. Like we can't, we can talk about it, but we can't do it justice. Um, because it does such a good job of conveying the emotions on screen that it'd just be kind of unfair, I guess. Yeah. But, um, great acting, great. There's Kumail's delivery is, um, He's great. He's like it. it's, it's a mix of like Stephen Wright and <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, with a Pakistani lisp. Yeah, he does have that that lisp. Um, he, uh, yeah, he he's funny, man. Um, and uh, oh man. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, hey, what what I, what I think is great about this movie because, like, obviously, from Camille's uh, point of view, it's mm-hmm. it's a personal story, and obviously, it's cast really well. Yeah. But I think for everyone else, this movie is like this is the example of a movie being like perfectly cast, right? Because mm-hmm. you get um, with uh, Bo Burnham and um, uh, what's her name um, on Saturday Night Live. Um, oh, Aidy Bryant. Uh, the uh, Bo and her have mm-hmm. that. It, it the the people he's close to in the the stand up uh, uh, community. Yeah. All right, so you get that you get that aspect, in, and they portray that very well. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you get Emily's. Um, and I'm 
uh, forgive me because I don't want to mess with my phone because this is what I'm now podcasting on because I am very tech tarted. <laughs> but um, you get what Holly Hunter and you get uh, Ray Romano mm-hmm. are perfectly cast. Yeah, like like almost um, like they 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 uh, skate right up to that line of being this is too much, mm-hmm. but then they pull it back enough that you, it's believable. Yeah. You know, they keep it, they keep it together enough. And yes. Yeah. I, I just think there's so many things that, um, resonate emotionally and just really hit, um, hit their mark. I got, I feel like everything that, um, they set out to do, they, they not only accomplish it, but they do it well. Yes. Um, the the interaction between Camille and Ray Romano, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, the interaction between um, Holly Hunter and Camille is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he's the lead character in this. Like yeah. and like I can't see him being the lead in any other movie except the movie that he does for himself. Yeah. Because you know what I mean. Because like he's not going to be a box office draw. But no. like you and I know him. Right. And like and it's so fun. And like he pulls it off. He acts well. Yes, he does. And and, and, that, and like and I mean he might never be a box office draw, but uh, like name recognition is what brought me to this movie. Like that's what, right. how I noticed this movie. So. And like, as far as like screenplay and all that stuff that was was done like i'm sure he had a lot of input on it Mm -hmm. um but it just it whatever however this movie was made like i wouldn't be like i'm it's not gonna be up for an oscar but actually this is a movie that should be up for an oscar right because when you do a Mm rom-com none of those rom-coms unless it's like maybe pretty woman it's going to be up for a best picture, yeah. right? They're not taken seriously unless they're runaway box office hits. Then they'll they'll get some looks, um, whether that's right or not. But like, you know, Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman's not a bad movie. But if it did, you know, two million total box office, would it be on anyone's radar, especially right. that time period? But a movie like when when you when you do a genre really well, mm-hmm. like that should take, like it, it, we should lend some credence to that. I think. Yeah. Like a movie like this is is worthy it, at least for the screenplay, right? Yeah, it's a great screenplay. It's uh, um, yeah. I I just think that it it's every earmark that you would need to to get a nomination um it's you know it's well structured it's it's feels meticulous meticulously crafted to be realistic um it's not a retreading of everything else we've seen uh it yeah i don't know i i think this could be definitely i mean it it had a 7.5 7.5 million dollar opening weekend right and, and that was i think that was a limited well run. that was really limited i yeah. think it was only a handful of screens yeah so i i think this might be this could be one of those little movies that could 
Um, yeah, I think it opened wider later, mm-hmm. but I think word of mouth on this movie is going to be good because it yeah. has it has a resonance. And like, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that can like shit on this movie. Yeah, I mean, it it there's like I actually I gave it a nine, mm-hmm. and I took a point off just because it rambled a little bit. Like it it took some of those themes, yeah. and towards the end, it kind of like tread on them a little bit too much yeah. right? with the, the whole family thing and which is a very very super important part of his life right i get it but like i get it yes at the same time you know right. what i mean yeah like and i understand i'm right there with you i mean i don't think um i don't know i i can't like pick out something that like oh i i this this needs to be tightened up or this could have been better but like, it's not a it's not a perfect movie but it's so well done and honestly these and maybe it's just my um because i'm in the demographic they're kind of like age ambiguous i think like they never really say like you Mm -hmm. know this seems like someone in their mid it's like 25 to to 32 yeah um and i feel like they're i don't know i feel like it's just a more interesting demographic maybe than yeah. uh like the young love thing's been done to death and i don't know i i feel like like this um not as good of a movie but like drinking buddies even though like i don't think no, drinking buddies is this a great is a, movie, this is a, but it's a great i actually thought about it's a great representation yeah of being in that age range and you know kind of just wanting the people you can't have and it doesn't always end well um, well, and and that's the thing. It's like it's you're in that same place where mm-hmm. you don't know about your future with whatever you're doing as far as a career mm-hmm. or as far as where you want to live or any of those things. Like, why would you be that certain on who you want to love? Yeah. And it's it's like there's so many things like butting heads against each other mm-hmm. that it makes for interesting um you know storytelling yeah. for sure yeah it almost feels like the people who um gravitated towards because john hughes was great at treating teenagers like people yeah like even the ones that were just stereo well he never really went like full-on with the stereotypes but even the ones that were more stereotypical they they had some depth to them and they were they were treated like people and i feel like you're um, reaching a point now where there's people working outside of the system who are strongly influenced by those movies and they're telling their stories um, and they're just in a different age bracket at this point. Um, like I, f- I feel like there's definitely a through line to John Hughes as far as how people treat these characters like people and are allowed to have flaws and allowed to have range and versatility. Um or, yeah, or maybe I'm just reaching. I don't know. No, it's it's uh, it's um, it's a subset of the world that we look at. You mm-hmm. know, we always look at the older people, or at least for many, many, many years, we looked at the older people. It's like they have all the answers. This is what how we do things, and then like, but how do we get to those spots? And I think that we forget about like how like those formative years with John Hughes and or the uh, those intermediate years between the John Hughes and the uh, married with children type places mm-hmm. that 
like how do we get to how do we navigate those like uh, uh stormy waters to get to the place where you're either a fuck up or successful you know and like we get to see that um in this in this movie a little bit you know yeah. um you know where I'm at a point where in my life where I'm 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 in, I'm pretty good shape. Um, you're in, you're at a point in your life where you have shape. an idea where you want to go, but you, <laughs> um, you haven't. You, you still aren't. You're not. You don't know if you're going to live there for the the rest of your life. Yeah. Where I know that I'm. I am pretty much, unless I get divorced and or, uh, ducted by aliens, I will be living here for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Give me a second. So, anyways, I beat the hell out of my dog like yeah. Michael Vick. It was awesome. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't. Hmm. It wasn't awesome, but I saw it, and it was, it was something. Sight, to, sight to behold. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? It, Absolutely. There, there is a transition between it because, like, everyone says how important like college is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important. You know, you you make relationships, or in that first couple years of your your workforce, but like. There's a time, there's like a a period of time between like 23 and 35 that like there you could go a lot of ways. Yeah. And and no like one once... really talks about that. Like no right. one like we we live in a society where there's not really much talk of like I mean this isn't for everyone, but a big portion of society is like well, if you you'll never have a job if you don't go to college. You got to go to college, you know. You got to um you know, if you have to take out student loans, so be it. Um, you, you know, you need to get that 401k going by 23 and like, yeah. So, um, and that probably was, that was the case for a long time too, I think. But yeah, we're just kind of in, in a shift where there's a lot of people who are just kind of in limbo and still figuring out what they want to do now. Yeah. You have to, uh, you have to like put your, uh, I don't know, your tent up or your, mm-hmm. you know, make your stakes or I don't know. But yes, I think we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. It sounds like it. So. Yeah. Um, Big Sick, I, it's a strong recommendation for me. Yeah. This yeah. Is, me too. What'd you give it? Uh, I gave it a nine as well. So good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a really good storytelling, mm-hmm. really good acting, um, yeah. just the right tones in it. Like, it pulls on heartstrings and it does all the like the things a romantic comedy, yeah. comedy would do. Uh, it does get a little long-winded at points and times, but like for, for sure. the most part, it is like it is pitch perfect. And there are mm-hmm. some laugh out loud funny jokes in this there movie, really and are. it is, um, uh, it's worth that in and of itself. Absolutely. Any uh, any final thoughts? Any any closing uh, remarks you want to leave us with? Actually, I don't. I have nothing because, um, as even though I'm like established, you know, forty year old uh, white guy with a family and a dog, mm-hmm. my internet still sucks, just like <laughs> everybody else. The internet does suck, but I'd go crazy without it. That's right. But dude, like people in third world countries, they like their quality of living, man. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm really just stalling because I'm gonna try and find something to throw out there. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. Um. I think so. This is an Amazon 
uh, I think Amazon put up some money for this. So this should be showing up on Prime soon, kind of the same yeah. way the yeah. uh, this, Manchester this is by an the Amazon Sea film. It's like Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, so hopefully um, more people get to see it soon. But I do think that... Dude, um, stop it! Classic. Classic dogs. Um, but, you know, I think... Uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say that rug really tied the room together. <laughs>